locked into the zone with Diamonds and Roses podcast, bringing you one step closer to Pacific Northwest and Southwest Canada baseball news, stories, and history. Proudly fueled by Baseballism, they're America's brand, Big League Chew, the official bubblegum of Diamonds and Roses podcast, and Devo Bat Company, professional wood grain bats for the love of the game. And now your hosts, Ben and Travis. All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses Baseball Podcast, and I'm your host, Ben, and today I got Central Catholic's very own Dylan McLean joining me. Dylan was the fourth round pick in the 2020 Major League Baseball Draft by the Texas Rangers, so we're so thrilled to have Dylan joining us. So Dylan, thanks for jumping on board. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So I recently saw a uh, an well, an interview that you had done with Mick Abel, and that's what really got me interested in it and the stuff that you did with Kevin Gunderson. And we recently had Kevin on talking about his academy. Um, before, so before we get into your history, I want to I want to talk about that because this, this this is fresh in some people's minds, and I want to talk about the Gunderson uh, baseball and how you kind of got into that. But uh, yeah, there was there was a really good interview that you you and Mick were able to do with the academy. So let's talk a little bit about that and how you kind of got involved with uh, Gunderson. Yeah, I'm actually, I've been with Gundy forever. We've been like fifth grade, like our little league team kind of got into working with him a little bit. And then I really liked it, started working with him on one-on-one. And then ever since then, as long as I can remember, he's been my guy for pitching. So it goes way back. What was that one thing that, you know, when you first met him, how, what was that like? And kind of what, what was that? You remember what he first talked to you about? Yeah. I mean, first time meeting him, I just thought it was so cool the amount of knowledge that he had towards pitching because it was like for him having played professional baseball I was just in awe honestly because I'm like a fifth grader I've only been coached by really like my dad and my friend's dad up until that my friend's dad's up till that point so it's kind of kind of eye-opening just to see someone with like a real deep history in pitching and I just kind of took everything he said and just really committed myself to learning from it. What, uh, what are some things that, that he's, he's taught you over these years since you started with him in fifth grade that you really, really take with you each and every day and that you'll carry with you uh, into your professional career? The number one thing, like baseball-wise, is just having a delivery that you can repeat and throw strikes with your fastball first. Just that's everything pretty much. I mean, a lot. I feel like a lot of people are kind of over over analytical with mechanics nowadays. For him, it's just about what can you do to get you get the ball over the plate as much as possible? And I mean, I was able to find a very consistent delivery at a young age and just basically go from there. So when I matured, it kind of all came naturally to me. You know, was there anything from a, like a, a mental aspect that he ran through with you? Because, you know, he's been in some pretty big games himself mm-hmm. in the, you know, especially like the college world series in 2006. So what are some things that he's taught you personally about mentally staying in the game and prepping for games? Yeah, just I think he has a great mindset towards pitching. I mean, he obviously wouldn't have been as successful as he was without it. But the biggest thing leading up to the draft that he would just say was just control you can control. Like, there's a bunch of outside noise going on. Like, all the rankings, all the speculations about, like, where you'll get picked and all that. But, I mean, for me, it's there's not much I can do other than just come in and just control how I work every day and, how my next bullpen goes to so just focus on what's in front of me instead of looking too far into the future. Cool. Well, we'll get back into 
Kevin and, and some of the stuff that you've been working with, you worked on with him um, leading up to the draft and so on. But I want to get back in, um, jump into your early history of baseball. And like I ask every one of our guests, like what got you into the game of baseball itself? Man, that's, I don't even really, I don't have like one moment in my mind because it's kind of like neither of my parents played baseball. So I just remember there was this empty kind of lot by my old house um, and I had a wiffle ball bat and my dad had a wiffle ball and he would just go out there and just throw to me for hours and just fell in love with it from there. And uh, were, were you always like wanting, once you started getting into it, was, was pitching like your thing? Like I always want to be a pitcher. Cause you know, I know early on for me when, when I was in little league and then when I was in high school, you know, pitching was like the big thing. Cause I was like, I'm always in the game, either pitcher or a catcher. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, I liked other positions. Literally, I like to play shortstop, but I was left-handed, so couldn't do that after that. But, yeah, I would say pitching was always my position. Speaking of Little League, so I was looking uh, looking some stuff up for this episode, and I, um, if I'm correct, you, you played in the Little League World Series for Team Oregon? Yeah, I did. So, I, uh, so the video I watched, which is rather interesting, the gentleman picked out, you know, from – one year to another like who from a, a standpoint is a really really good picture and he happens to pick you out as one of the better pitchers in these particular years he, he set aside height and he said you know mm-hmm. you could be really tall and you know throwing really hard but he said your fundamentals were great and he said you you know your your fastball and your changeup are really working and he pointed to the game against texas that you pitched a, a no you know like one walk in that game but do you remember that game? And can you walk us through that, that particular experience from what you remember? Yeah, I remember that game pretty much just exactly what happened. Uh, we lost one zero. I let up, I pitched just about the whole game. I think I came out in the last inning with two outs, I let up one hit. It was a home run, walked one guy, struck out 12 and we lost one zero. But I just remember how good the Texas pitchers were so good. Like I hit back then too. I had no chance against those dudes. So it was kind of just, I think they got third in the whole tournament, so it was, it was a really tough matchup. Yeah, yeah. What I was, uh, what I understood was they were the the runner up in the U.S. pool mm-hmm. that particular year. But he was like talking about you. You only got pulled from that game because you had exceeded your pitch count. Was that that correct? Yeah, the, the pitch count days, eighty five pitches. So hit that pretty in the sixth inning, I think. Yeah. So what was just the, let's run through that experience. I mean, like what what was what was, what did that mean to you first of all? It was crazy. I mean, I would say I was a lot more excited when we won in regionals because I hate losing. So I wasn't, I wasn't too happy after that game that we lost. It was our first loss of the whole summer. We, we went through districts undefeated, states undefeated, regionals undefeated. But man, just pitching in front of that many people when I was 13 was just just crazy. And I think it really set me up well for high school, like in those big games in the playoffs and stuff like that. Like I've been there before. I mean, I know the moment better than anyone else in the field probably so I just felt like I was always more prepared for those big games later on in my career yeah like I've always wanted to go at least watch the Little League World Mm -hmm. Series but let alone being able to participate in is another thing um you know we've had a couple other people on now did you you go actual uh Pennsylvania to the games I mean correct me I mean I might be wrong that you did go but uh, I'm sorry if it's just kind of something that I was catching up on today yeah, it's out in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. It's a it's a mission from Oregon. It's like so we're in San Bernardino for regionals. 
won the regional and that night at like 1am flew to New York. And then from New York, it's like a four hour bus ride to Williamsport. So it's like, it's a legit day of travel. It was not, it was not a fun day. <laughs> so, so you flew out late that night, arrived in New York city and then took a bus ride from New York city to Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Wow. That's yeah. That's it's crazy. So a lot for a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds, but it's so worth it once you get there. So my understanding is they got like a like dorm areas and oh yeah and mm-hmm. so on. Now what how was that like being around? Were you just mainly around all the other US teams? No, they split it up. So it's like it's like one building and there's like four dorms in each one. And there's the bottom story and there's one US team, one international team. And the top story is the same. And I think the I want to say the Chinese Taipei team from Chinese Taipei, yeah, was on the other side and they were they had some pretty crazy sleep schedules, but they were super funny kids. Did a bunch of stuff I'd never seen before, but they're super good at baseball too. So it was pretty cool seeing the differences in cultures from around the world there. So what what's your what's your biggest takeaway from from that experience playing in the Little League World Series and being from a from a player standpoint and just a I'm a I'm a kid and I'm going to something that I've watched on TV for you know a few years now and wanted to participate in. Yeah, from a player's standpoint, it was kind of like, it was the first time I'd really been like, it was a huge reward for our hard work as a team and my hard work just getting that. So it kind of motivated me like, oh, if I work hard at baseball, I can get to do awesome stuff like this. And from like, just a kid's standpoint, leading up to it, like I watched all the games the year before, other teams that we play on the way, like, I just knew that like, that was my dream to make it that one summer. You only have like one shot at it really. So it was just crazy to see that come true and then get to see see how different everyone is all around I mean even in the country kids are different but you run into some kids from Mexico some kids from Japan there was I think there was a team from Uganda there so it was just insane to see how different baseball is all over the world so post Little League World Series coming back you know what are what are some things that you may have taken away from that experience that you even used to today to say you know I remember when I was in this situation and this is how I handled it yeah um so i remember in the world series it was like first time through the batting order first three innings i struck out like eight the nine hitters i faced one dude like ground out to shortstop or something i'm cruising right and then fourth inning starts off home run walk and their crowd they've got like it's texas they got a bunch of people there they're getting real loud and i mean that was the inning i was most proud of honestly versus the first where i struck out the side of their inning because i came back got out of the jam, got some of their best hitters to strike out. And I mean, I really just took that away as like a huge positive that like, cause that was something I struggled with throughout Little League I let up a couple of runs, get in my head a little bit, just spiral out of control, you know? And I really just, in the biggest moment I've been in, just stayed in control. And I've just tried to keep doing that whenever stuff starts going, not the way I want it to. I'm in a big moment where I'm not fully comfortable, just stay under control. Now, so that so that like back to that video that I had, had talked to you about. So it said that you're, you're you had a good fastball and you had a good changeup. Um, was it why why no other pitches? Were you just not comfortable with those, or were you just unfamiliar with some of the other pitches, like a slider or a curveball at that point? Yeah, no. So this actually this actually super cool. Is that our coach? Um, I forget which coach it was. I think it was kind of in agreement with all the coaches. Dan Siegel and Mike Mega mostly two of our coaches didn't allow anyone on the team to throw curveballs like at all, even in practice. 
And I really think that's like, that's the reason why I have like, I think a, cha a change up super above average pitch for me nowadays. Cause I just had to throw it so much to get out. It's back then that I just got super comfortable throwing a change up versus a lot of the other kids are just fastball slider, fastball curve all the way growing up and then add the change up when they need it in college or pros. I, I got an interesting question I want to throw out at you. And that is, is that, let's, you know, that Texas game, again, let, let's reflect on it. You were, you had to come out of that game because of the pitch count and you had got to a threshold. Um, you know, I know, and, uh, you know, younger playing little league, I hated um, the, the pitch count, but I understood why it was there to help, you know, not mess up your arm or wear it out. Do you, do you, what's your take on that? I think it's great. I think it's something that they need to have at the young ages. I think sometimes it's even not as well enforced as it should be. I mean, there's, there's tournaments where guys can go four innings one day and three innings the next because it's seven innings, a tournament rule for like 12 U ball. And I just don't, I just don't think it's like, it's ever really going to be worth it that age to win. Like, just a little trophy at some tournament versus the kids health. Like I've seen a lot of kids throw way too much of to those tournaments that are super talented and their arms just hurt. And you just never hear from them on the mound again. So I think it should honestly be, I think Lily does a good job. But I think like the travel organizations should do a better job enforcing it. Were you playing any other sports other than baseball uh, when you were younger? Yeah, I played basketball all the way up to eighth grade. Um, I liked basketball a lot, but high school came around. It was time to just focus on baseball. So I just played rec league with my friends. Now, what changed that mentality of like, hey, I got now I'm high school. I'm going to solely focus in on, on baseball, make that, you know, my my sport. Um, at Central Catholic, if you want to play, if you want to play a sport like one of the big three or four sports like baseball, basketball, football, like you kind of got to be all in on it. Like the coaches aren't really going to tolerate if you're kind of you're at basketball practice one day, then the next game you got a game, you're kind of at baseball, and it's just – it's not going to work at Central. The expectation is to win state every year. So, <laughs> kind of got to be committed to your sport. So, I just thought it was time to focus on baseball. Speaking of Central Catholic, you know, I hear a lot of great things about Central Catholic as a, as a school and as a, as a pro – as the athletic programs there. Talk to – tell us for those people that are not in this particular area – Explain what central, you know, central Catholic and, and just that mentality of being an athlete at central Catholic. Yeah, it's for sure a school with a ton more. It's, it's a small school, actually. A lot of people don't know because we're 6A for sports, but it's like it would be a 4A school pretty much if it wasn't for sport. We play out for sports, but I mean, the expectation, you see a bunch of guys, your freshman, you come in, there's like 10 dudes in the locker room who are playing college football or basketball. And it's just the whole four years, the expectation there is to get to the college level and keep playing sports. Now, what was the um, early on? You get your your freshman in high school. Uh, did you did you make uh, varsity your first year, or or were you uh, at a different level? Um, no, I didn't make varsity my freshman year. I was I was on JV freshman year. Had an alright year. It was kind of just whatever. Sophomore year made varsity for the first time though, and then kind of just took off from there. Who's the coach at Central Catholic? It was Brian Grant was our coach my freshman through junior year. And then my senior year, which never happened eventually, but it was Justin Barkas. What about Brian that stuck out to you the most? He was a great coach. I mean, just, I mean, he's a left-handed pitcher too. So it's kind of the perfect fit for me, honestly. Like a guy who played professional baseball at the same position I was trying to play that, but just his, his drive to win, like he didn't really, 
he didn't care about, I mean, a lot of the, the other stuff that some high school coaches do like politics or like who's, who's really from where, like where, how good you were out of middle school. It's just, who's going to give you the best chance to win now. So I think that's why we're pretty successful. My sophomore engineer there. What's a, what was that one defining moment in high school that you felt you were really, you took that next step as far as like, you went from here to like way up here. Yeah, I would say state semifinal game against Clackamas. They beat us all three times during the regular season. And we upset Century in the second round. They were the two seed with 15 seed. Then we beat Lake Ridge in the quarterfinals. Um, now we're playing Clack at their field. Through a complete game shutout, we won 1-0. And I was pretty hyped up the whole game. Their dugout was talking a little bit. Their fans were a little bit. And just shut them out on their own field and send them home for the year. That's when I really felt like I was like, all right, I'm, I'm one of the best players in the state now after that game. <laughs> that was good. Now, where, from a, from a leadership standpoint from your coach, what, what, did, what did he teach you as a person to go in and be a future leader of any team that you're on? Yeah, um, he was big on leadership. I wasn't, my junior year, I wasn't one of the team leaders for sure. We had, it was, it was super like, Senior, senior leaders. We had our catcher, Luke Fair. He was a great leader. Christian Cooney, Patrick Mushka, those guys were the leaders team that year. But they for sure passed the torch down to me this year. And they were super influential in teaching me how to lead the younger guys. And so was, the, so was BG too. And I mean, it's really just leading by example, just coming every day to practice, just ready to go. And if you're goofing off all those other guys, well, like they're going to follow you, whether you like it or not. So you got to be ready. Now, you had originally committed to the University of, of Washington to go play baseball for the Huskies. Um, let's talk about the that, that re recruiting meant, you know, the recruiting for you and where you were, you know, before pro ball came into the situation. You know, what schools were you mainly looking at before committing to University of Washington? I was looking at University of Washington, University of Oregon, Oregon State. Oregon State and Oregon both had coaching changes around those times. Pretty new coaching staff. Um, I went up on a visit to Washington. I got a bunch of family in Seattle, too. I really like their coaching staff, their facilities. And it just felt like the right, right fit for me when I visited there. So I made an official commit there. And how did, that, um, how, did, how did that recruitment feel to you? Like, you know, it must have been a lot of pressure because you, you want to decide if one route doesn't work, I want to get a good education, but I also want to develop not as a in my academic world but I want to also be able to work under a coach that can develop me in all my aspects of my game so what was what were you looking for when trying to decide in a school yeah I think UW was the perfect fit about those things you just mentioned it's a super good school um, I felt like I could go there get a good education get a good degree and also I felt like I could develop there play super good baseball in the Pac-12 and pre prepare myself for my draft year. So it was a perfect fit. Now you also played um, some summer ball uh, outside of your high school. Let's talk about that and, and, you know, getting in with those travel teams. Yeah, I played for Portland Baseball Club my sophomore summer and junior summer with Joe Taylor. He was the head coach and it was, it was pretty good. Sophomore year, we had a really good team. I think I might've been if not the youngest, the second, first or second youngest guy on the team. So it was great being around a lot of, a lot of guys committed to colleges D1 or already playing at JUCO colleges before I had any of those options just to see how they operated pretty much, see how they went about 
base, baseball daily basis, like summer ball is a lot of games. It's kind of, it's going to be a grind at times. You got like five games in four days. So just seeing how those guys, like those guys handled that was really, it was really important for me to see going into the next summer. Now, how are you pre- preparing yourself? Because you go from, you know, training in the off season to then high school to then in the summer. What are you doing physically for yourself to keep yourself yourself from breaking down and not wearing out? Yeah, um, my junior year, I was, I mean, my sophomore year, I didn't throw a ton for my high school, so I was pretty fresh for the summer. I think I only threw like 30, 35 innings, somewhere in that range. But junior year, I was up close to 80 innings pitched on the high school season. So it was super important for me to just kind of take it easy into the summer, just get started kind of throwing light. And then kind of build it back up again because I'd never thrown that many innings in a season. So that was it. W- it was really important to take care of my body, just make sure I was getting, getting my stretching work in, just getting my conditioning and all that stuff, and just being ready for every game. Giving if you could give one bit of advice to a high school player or even a younger athlete who wants to you know move up in, in the baseball world, what's that one bit of advice that you would give to them? Yeah, I mean, if you want to if you want to move up, you got to work for it every day. I would say the biggest thing that I see in the younger kids who are trying to make that next step is it's not about baseball for them necessarily 24 hours of the day. And they don't realize that it needs to like your baseball career isn't just when you're working out. It's what you do outside of that. That's when I really started seeing progress when I took my nutrition more seriously, my sleep more seriously. And that'll really benefit your career. It's not just, oh, like, wake up, go work out, go home eat like junk food all day and just sit on Fortnite. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be more than that. It's gotta be a bigger commitment. If you really want to get to the next level. If you don't mind me asking what, what, what do you, what are you talking about nutrition? Kind of what are some things that you do for yourself to keep a healthy body? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's different for everyone. Like for me, I was always a super skinny kid. Um, So for me, it's about putting on, putting on weight and turning that weight into muscle mass, getting bigger. And it's something I'm still trying to do, but for me, for me building, building up, it's going to be different. So for me, it's just, it's just making sure I plan out my meals every day and planning out what I'm going to eat and protein shake before bed is every night is something I certainly recommend is something I've been doing for quite a while. And also just packing yourself a big lunch every day, obviously schools, school's not really in person right now, but when it starts up again, make sure you're eating there in the day. Cause that's, that's going to be a big part of the day. So let's go back to working with Kevin. Um, you know, you, he's a, he was a part, again, part of a very storied program, pitched professionally. Um, talk, you know, he shared his experience coming from the uh, teacher standpoint. Now you being the student athlete, um, what, was, what was it like to, to go to his uh, baseball academy and then be like learning from him and the, and, types of things that you're working on daily yeah it's awesome working with him I mean we have such a tight relationship now that it's almost like much he's just teaching me how to pitch so um it's good learning from him every day there's a bunch of stuff that that he can help with help with on I mean the biggest thing working with him is it's always there's always stuff you can get better on it doesn't matter how good your last outing was doesn't matter how much money you got paid or where you got drafted like you can always get better so just never satisfied over there Let's speak of the draft. Clearly, you know, you were drafted pretty high in the fourth round um, by the Texas Rangers. So, first of all, congratulations Thank on you. being drafted. Um, 
But you know, you were you were also draft, drafted with a competitor who went in the first round, Mick Abel. But not only was Mick Abel, you know, part of your rivalry with he went to Jesuit and you went Central Catholic, but you also both um, went to Kevin and, and and trained together. So what was it like, you know, working with him? And what are some things that the two of you were working on together as a pair? Yeah, um, I love training with Mick. I mean. Anyone who tries to paint us out as really like rivals or competitors obviously hasn't hasn't listened to us talk to each other because we're super close friends. He's one of my best friends on and off the field. So working with him is great. We worked on a bunch of stuff leading up to the draft. Um, got on the rap Soto. It's like this. It basically tracks every pitch and gives you a bunch of numbers. Tried to try to get our numbers up a little bit, a little higher spin rate, spin efficiency. Um, spin efficiency is a big thing on both of us for our fastballs is because we both had a little lower spin efficiency because we'd cut the ball a little bit. So lots of hours working with Gundy on that. And I think, I think we're both doing better on that now. So it's pretty great to see. Nice. Nice. Um, at what point did you, you really decide, okay, I'm, I'm leaning towards going to school, but now I'm really thinking, you know, I, I might have a chance at this. Yeah. I didn't honestly, I was kind of a guy who shot up draft boards. I didn't think about playing pro baseball until area codes, which was, or playing, obviously I thought about playing pro, but I thought I was going to go to college. And then I thought I was going to go drafted. Like that was always the way that I thought of it as. But after area codes, I had a lot of success against a really good lineup with a lot of, a lot of guys who ended up getting drafted. So after that, I kind of started considering it, started hearing from a couple of teams, but the time I really think it's kicked into gear was, we had a pro day. It was me, Mick, Jaron Hunter from Barlow, and then Jared Ritchie from up in Washington. We all threw it out at Gunderson's Academy out there in West Lynn, and there had to be like 30-some scouts there or something. There was a lot of scouts, and I, I performed really well. It was in January, so it was like my first bullpen of 2020. So, And then after that, it kind of just took off. Like, saw myself get put on a bunch of rankings lists, which I didn't really expect. Heard from a bunch of advisors heard from a bunch of new teams so that's when I started to think okay this could be pretty legit did at any point did it get overwhelming for you with this new like these new rankings and all these people like calling you yeah I remember one day and specifically it was it was it had to be late February early March and I had an in-home visit I forget what team it was with but it was like it wasn't the Rangers. I know that. That's all I know. But I forget which team. And I had school during the day, practice right after school, come home, in-home visit, get in my car, drive 45 minutes to Oak to lift, and get. I got home at like 8.30 or 9, and I had a ton of homework to do. I went upstairs, and the light in my room was off, and that was a big mistake. And next thing you know, I'm waking up the next morning for school with nothing done. I was just absolutely exhausted like those it's just it's just so many phone calls just so much of that stuff and it's just it's fun at, it's really cool at first like you're kind of in awe but after a while it's just like it gets a little bit it gets a little bit tiring for sure and I'm sure your your parents were right there you know supporting you all along the way um you know I you you did mention that neither one of them were you know affiliated with baseball in any sort of way, but I got to imagine there was a bit of advice that they gave to you on multiple different occasions. Uh, what's one thing you're, you could share with us that 
that really is, is stuck to you this day that that they are they're like well Dylan this you know this or this yeah I think the biggest thing I probably heard was from my mom because she's a college professor and she was always big on me going to college is kind of what I thought but as the draft got closer she kind of just told me just do what you want if pro baseball is what you wanted at high school just go do that if it's just what makes you happy so that was super good to hear from her because then I felt like I could really really see myself doing it like if my mom doesn't want me to do it I'm not going to do it so now what was draft day like for you so you you you, you said I'm, I'm entering the draft what were you at home with your folks were you out and about like what was what was draft day like for you yeah so I was at, it's actually a pretty weird story so I was at home and there were a couple other teams that wanted to pick me but they spent their money earlier on in the draft and I was asking for two I have a number so it kind of went the first day kind of went bad for me like all the teams I needed to pick guys who had signed for below slot didn't so I was down to just the, the Rangers and a couple other teams and the Rangers offered me a million to sign and I at that point I said no I'm going to college and then they were like okay well that's the most we can do pretty much so I was like all right we're going to college so I got in my car and drove to the gym and as I'm driving there my agent, I said, I said 1.2 is my number, right? And my agent calls me on the card there and is like, they're willing to do 1.2. Are you, are you going to sign? I was like, yeah, for sure. So I got there. I got on a Zoom call with like the, the scouting director for the Rangers and a couple other higher up guys. And basically I knew they were going to draft me like 25 picks before the pick actually came in. So then I'm just, I'm, I'm not even working out at this point, even though I'm at the gym, I'm just sitting there and they have it on the TV, just watching the picks come in. It was, it had to be, it felt like it was like three days, like for one round of the draft. Like it, it had to be the longest hour of my life. And then when my name finally got called, a lot of my close friends, training partners were there. So it was super great to get to experience that moment with them. It was awesome, but it was a pretty crazy story. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm sure you're, both your parents were extremely proud of you. Um, let's let's talk about them. What? How's that? You know, how has it been to have them behind you and supporting you um, during the games? And what are you looking most forward to when you're playing professional ball with your parents? Mm, I would say the thing I'm most looking forward to professionally is um first time they get to watch me pitch in a professional uniform because right now with everything that's going on they haven't got a chance to see me pitch in a ranger uniform so that first time can be pretty special and also just like i mean all the support they've given me throughout the years even though like like my dad never or my mom never pushed me into baseball right it's always been something i wanted to do like i'm super internally motivated towards baseball but if i needed anything if i wanted like a new glove growing up or even to just pay for pitching lessons with Gundy, they always like helped me out, supported me on that. And I for sure couldn't have made it this far if it wasn't for them. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, everybody has the same feeling that you do, but it's always nice to hear, hear that. Uh, now spring trainings, like right around the corner, you know, soon. What are you looking forward to for spring training other than finally being able to get out there? And yeah, I'm super excited for spring training. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I've been working working really hard this offseason, putting in a lot of long days, 
just looking forward to seeing that hard work pay off and really just kickstarting my pro career on the right note. So, yeah, it's it's basically all I'm working for, for right now and all I'm thinking about is just getting started. Have you ever been down to uh, Phoenix and the area to see uh, the training facilities for the Rangers? Yeah, I was actually, we actually had an instruction league this fall. It was like seven or eight weeks, I think it was, and I was down there with the team. So I've, ha- I've had some experience with them, but the instructional league is going to be nothing like the real spring training or the real first pro season. So, <laughs> so I got to ask, have you ever seen that movie Rookie of the Year when he like walks, when he's like, yeah, <laughs> Rolling Garter like walks in, he's like looking up. Are you going to have that like feeling like when you like first walk in? And just like, this is unreal. I made it. Probably not. Honestly, I think I'll be ready to go. I mean, I've been drafted for long enough that I should expect to be here at this point. So I'll be ready. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm totally looking forward to, you know, seeing you in uh, the Rangers uniform and, you know, moving up through the ranks uh, with the, with the Texas Rangers. It's uh, pretty amazing to, to hear about, you know, your, what you've done um, so far, where you be, where, uh, where you've been and working with Kevin and, you know, just making that major league debut is going to be fantastic. And, you know, I, I know that uh, everybody hopes that you have a great, great spring training. So that'll be, that'll be pretty intense, man. I, I got to imagine it's going to be surreal for you. Yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome. I, I just can't wait to get down there get started and just, just do my thing. Well, yeah, well, it's good. Good luck with spring training. Um, we'll definitely uh, catch up with you um, sometime later on, maybe, uh, you know, it's during the season or after season, just kind of depending on, you know, what your schedule looks like. But I really love to catch up with you and let our listeners hear about what that first season meant to you, what it was like. Mm-hmm. So really appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Uh, Just go ahead, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're out there. Please go give us a like and subscribe, rate it. We really appreciate it. Uh, But thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben. Peace out.